we've been talking about expansion this uh, this particular year, and I want to continue on that note because that's something God gave to Pastor Adrian that we should be expanding in every area of life. So please turn with me to Isaiah 54. I want to read the first four verses. Now what really struck me, and, and like I think we've been away something like six or seven weeks, both in New Zealand, South Australia, and Western Australia. What struck me when I came back and I read the newsletter, Pastor Adrian had written in there, give your gift back to God. That really just, it just really hit me really hard. Give your gift back to God as a good steward. We're going to read the first four verses of Isaiah 54. Sing, O barren, sing you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not laboured with child. For more are the children of, of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you will expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Amazing verses that God has been speaking to us through over the last year. We're already half year, the half year's already gone. Hasn't it gone amazingly fast? Can we just pray? Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to worship you in freedom with my fellow brothers and sisters. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you will do something with your word today. The promise of your word, it will not return to your void, but it will accomplish that which you purpose to do with it and you will cause it to prosper. I pray for that prospering of your word in the lives of people today. Father, for your honour, your glory of your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We know what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, this is a God thing, this is not a man thing. And can, can I say just right up front, it, it doesn't matter what kind of gifting you have, God wants to use you. And if you've got a gift from God, it is very special and very precious. And so many people think, oh, if I can only be like this or I can only be like that, stop thinking like that and be content with the gift that God has given you and make that the best possible outworking in your life for what he's given you. What, is, what David, David says this, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In the light of that, you know, maybe we should look in the mirror without any, you know, like uh, pride or any vanity and say, get out you beautiful thing. Maybe we should do that sometimes. All we're doing is agreeing with God. That's what we're doing. 
We have this real difficulty, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, I'm too short, I'm too tall, I have, I've got acne or I haven't got acne, I wish I had beauty spots, I wish I had one of those chiseled chins, you know, that some people have, with a little cleft in it, like Kirk Douglas, and everybody said, oh, aren't they handsome? Who cares? Who cares? God has made you to be you. And if we start to get in tune with what God has made us to be, and we start to be happy in what he's made us to be, the whole world is going to take on a different course. He also says, before I was born, I knew you. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Neville really focused on that and he said, the best thing that you can do in your life is to find out what's been written in the book about you and start to live it. And I agree totally with that. There is no better place to be than to be in the place where God has gifted you and you start to walk in that gift and you start to use that gift for his honour and glory. That is the best place in the world to be. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. He already had his whole ministry, you know, put out before him. He said, you're going to pull down, you're going to tear down. But he says, after all that, he said, you're going to build up. You're going to strengthen. So there's a whole lot of things in our life, I believe, that have been put in there. We have learned that by from our parents or from other people and they may not necessarily be God's ideal in your life. And we really need to get back to what God's ideal for our life is and start to function in that. He says you're going to be a prophet to the nations before he was born. You say, well, that's the only case. No, it isn't. Listen to Paul. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, and called me through his grace. I stand amazed that that's written in there when he was persecuting the Christians. This was already written in Paul's book. And he found out about it later. It's a good thing to find out what's written in the book about you. Christ being the head of the church gives his stewards a task with him, using and sharing our gifts is a privilege. Come on, just turn to your neighbor and say it's a privilege. It really is. It's a privilege to use the gifts that God has given us. You know, when it comes to computers, I sort of go, Duh. when they're working all right, I know how to use them, but when there's something wrong with them, how on earth do you fix a computer? I don't know. And we've got grandchildren that just, that's how you do it. Show me your head. <laughs> and it goes so fast you can't follow it. That's what happens when you get a little bit of an older brain. And, you know, of course, Jesus is about building his house. And his house is going to be more glorious than the temple of Solomon, which had an amazing amount of gold and all silver and precious stones in it. And that everything, it's going to be more glorious than the house of Moses. 
Let's have a look at those two scriptures. One is found in Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. My prayer has been, as I've been praying for this Sunday, that people will walk out of this service this morning saying there's things that I need to change. There's things I know that I can do. There's things I know God has gifted me for that I'm currently not functioning in, but after hearing what I've heard from God's Word, I want to change some of those things. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. His house was the nation of Israel, just a mere three million people. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, talking about Jesus, inasmuch as he who built the house has more honour than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who built all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards. But Christ as a son over his own house, this is his house, the church, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. That means the end of the thing is better than the beginning. It's not how we start, it's how we finish. Come on, can I get an amen out of that? Okay, let's have a look at Haggai. You know, Haggai is before Zechariah, and a lot of people say, all oh, these little books, I can't find them. Well, you better find them. I have this weird thing in my head that says, when you get to heaven, Haggai's going to say, did you read my book? And you're going to say, I couldn't find it. He says, you didn't look. And we really need to do that. We really need to do that. Let's look at it, chapter 2, verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, in a little while, it will be shaped, it will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple, he's prophesying into the future, shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. This house that he is building, we all know that Jesus Christ is the head of the church, is that right? He is. We are under shepherds at best, but he is the head of the house. And this is going to become more glorious than the, both the houses of Moses and Solomon in the Old Testament. And this will continue to happen. Even more and more glory to God will come upon this church if, if we give the gift or gifts that he has given us back to him as good stewards. Jesus is not just going to fill the house by going, we're going to fill it. He's going to do it through people. He's going to do it through the gifting that God has given you that will enable you to talk to somebody and help somebody and pray for somebody or prophesy into somebody's life 
or have avoided, wish them or avoid them, no, they sit there and say, how on earth did you know that? Just by the Spirit of God, and it's going to touch people's lives, and it's going to change them. Please turn with me to 1 Peter 4, because you're looking at me and say, well, have we really got all these gifts? Yes, you have. One Peter four. We're going to read from verse seven to eleven. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. This was written a couple of thousand years ago. How much more serious is it now that we be serious and watchful in our prayers? And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received the gift. Just nudge your neighbor say, you've received the gift. <coughs> Come on, this is the Word of God. The Word of God says that you've received a gift, at least one, maybe more. Minister it to one another, so you should be using the gift for the benefit of somebody else. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God might be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the meaning forever and ever. Now I'll read verse 10 out the Amplified. Listen to what it says. As each of you have received the gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment. It is divine. Anything that comes from heaven, anything that's been given to us by God is divine. That's why we need to treat it so very, very seriously. Employ it for one another as befits good trustees of God's many-sided grace, faithful stewards of the extremely diverse powers and gifts granted to Christians by unmerited favour. We didn't do anything to deserve it. Nothing. Nada. Zero. The New Living Translation in verse 10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of gifts. Use them well to serve one another. <coughs> Peter goes on, he said, you have a gift of speaking and speak as though God himself was speaking through you. See, God is speaking through me this morning. And you say, well, you presume something. I said, no, I don't. This is what God says I'm doing. And that's what I'm doing. I take that very seriously and I pray an awful lot. Holy Spirit, you have to help me because I'm speaking your word to the people. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to Him forever and ever. Amen. It is not in the talking unless God's called you to be a speaker or a preacher, but it is in the doing that we gift our gift back to God. True? And this is precisely why he has given you the particular gift or gifts that he has graced you with. 
totally fitting for the person that you are, which has been shaped by the many different people and experiences that God has allowed to guide and to bring about in your life on your way. Can we play that uh, those two uh, uh, clips, please, uh, uh, Will? Can we turn the lights out too as we do that? Of course, I want you to leave here and not have any excuse. Have a story. You don't have my story. I don't have good story, but we all have a story, don't we? If you don't tell your story, your story will not be told. Let me ask you, are you telling your story? May I stay you speak that night after night all over this country where I open my mouth people think I have an handicap. I don't have an handicap. I have a platform to tell my story. Some people think Something of the day, I have a disability. I don't. I have a platform to tell my story. Something of the day, I have a problem. I know I have an opportunity to tell my story. Something of the day, uh, I have a burden. I know I have a burden. I have a blessing that you tell my story. Come on. Glory to the Lamb of God. And I thank God for allowing me to perform with sort of policy. And I'm going to say something that, that you might not understand. But if God gave me a choice today to leave this building with a healthy body or to leave with a joyful policy body, I take joyful policy in a day over a healthy body. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah. <laughs> there were times 
person who looked at my life and thinking, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And you keep on concentrating on the things that you wish you had or the things that you wish you didn't have. And you sort of forget what you do have. And there's no point, I believe, in my life where I wish I had arms legs, I wish I had arms legs, I wish I had arms legs. What I've seen in life are just a couple of principles. And the first thing that I've seen is to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful, man. I tell you, when I was eight years old, I, I sort of summed up my life and thought, I'm never going to get married. I'm, you know, I'm not going to have a job. I'm not going to have a life. What kind of a husband am I going to be? What kind of an old my wife's name? It's a lie to think that you're not good enough. It's a lie to think that you're not worth anything. It's freezing, I can't do my hands. I love life. You know, so many people come and say, how come you smile so much? And I'm like, well, it's, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> but it's very hard at the same time. You see, it's very hard to smile sometimes in life. There are things that happen that you don't know and you don't understand. and You don't know if you're going to get through it. You know, you go through your storms in life and you don't know how long the storm's going to be. And today I want to share with you some principles that I've learned in my life. Being patient with you, I'll tell you, it's a hard step. But I realize I may not have hands to hold the life's hand. But when the time comes, I'll be able to hold it. You know, it is scary to know how many girls have eating disorders. It is scary to know how many people are just angry at life because of their situation at home and angry at others. It's scary to know how many people actually feel like they're with them. Every single girl right here, right now, I want you to know that you are. You are gorgeous just the way you are. And your voice, you're the man. <coughs> On this DVD, I share my experiences in life of how I've overcome challenges and seen a new, fresh perspective in life. To be thankful, to dream big, and to never give up. I speak to children, youth, and adults about key issues and principles that I've applied in my life that has given me the strength to conquer all that comes before you. Thank you, Will. David Reed was told by his brothers and sisters that he would never ever get married, he would never have children. He's married to a beautiful woman with four children. It's your terrible poison. Did you hear what he said? I'd rather walk out of this building with cerebral palsy than a whole body because of what Jesus Christ has allowed him to do in his life. What is it that we are waiting for to use the gift that God has given us? It's not in, well, I've got this gift. It's in using the gift and giving it back to God 
that God says, well done, good and faithful servant. It's only when that happens. Listen to Paul. Lord, what do you want me to do? When he fell down, couldn't see. And in the doing, Saul became and was transformed into Paul. Not in the saying, but in the doing. Who spent the rest of his life preaching the gospel, planting churches. It is from his pen that nearly half of the New Testament comes. There is a purpose for your life. Accompanied by a divine plan. Don't forget. Don't forget it's a divine gift that you've been given. Not just a gift. Not any old gift. It's something divine that God has planted in you and what are you doing with it? There is a purpose for your life. And it existed even before you took your first breath. Through Jeremiah, God framed you before I formed you in the womb. I knew you before you was born. I set you apart. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Like Paul and Jeremiah, you have a God-given purpose and role in his kingdom. That was established even before you were born. Come on, think of it. And you don't know anything about it until you come to Christ. And when you come to Christ, all of a sudden, I've got a purpose, I've got a destiny. God's got a plan for my life. He gave you a job that no one else can do quite like you. Remember what he said? David Green, if you don't tell your story, your story will never be told. He gave you a job that no one else can do quite like you can. Discovering this amazing truth brings this question of Paul into much clearer focus. And these things deserve to be meditated upon. The Lord knew me. I challenge every one of you today Go home, sit in a room, all quiet by yourself, and say, Oh God, you knew me. Even before I was formed in my mother's womb, you knew me. The second point is the Lord set me apart. Nothing you did or didn't do brought this sanctification about. Because that's what the word sanctification means, set apart. It wasn't anything to do with you. And so often we have this, I know, I know for, my, for me, before I was born again, I was thought I was so smart being entrepreneurial and succeeding and everything that I put my hand to, it was only after I got saved that I realized that God had given me a gift. And I needed to be thankful to Him and use it for His honor and glory. It was only then that I realized the third point that God, the Lord gave me a job. God has ordained you for a special and unique task. He's ordained you. So, oh, come on. 
You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing, God has set you apart, He's ordained you, and He wants to use you in whatever gifting that He has given to you, so you might glorify His name, and other people may see what you are doing and glorify Him as well. The challenge to all of us, I believe, is found in Malachi 3. Turn with me to Malachi chapter 3. I just really challenging verses. Malachi chapter 3 from verse 16. Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another. So they were talking about God to one another. And the Lord listened and heard them. God is always listening as to what we're talking about. Did you know that? So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name. Sometimes it really pays to meditate on his name and say, God, what have you got in store for me? What do you want me to do in this life before my life is over? Verse 17, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On that day I will make them my jewels. I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the one who serves God, and I'll end, that's not in the scriptures, <coughs> with their gift, and the one who does not serve before him. The challenge is to be God's willing servants. That's the challenge. Doing good to all in need, serving as we are, being his own sons and daughters. We went to a church in Perth where they served 400 hot meals out of that church every week. To street people, to drunks, to prostitutes, to drug addicts. And people are coming to Christ. They used to do it one day a week. And all these young people said to one of the pastors, said, Pastor Evelyn, uh, I think we should do it more often. She said to him, you go away and you pray and see what God is saying to you. Make sure you write it down what God is saying. And they came back and they said, God is saying to all of us that we should do it six days a week. And they said, it's your task. It's an Asian church. It's a wonderful church. Pastor Jimmy and Evelyn Go, pastor of that church, have been for 21 years. And all the young people, they are professional people. They've got their work, but they come home from work and they start to cook. They've got a fantastic kitchen. Everything's done on the premises. Some of the people come in. This is what they say. Pastor Jimmy, we don't want food. We want you to pray for us. Because they have seen the value in prayer. These are street people. But they've seen the value in prayer and the power in prayer. We are the body of Christ on earth. We really are. Indwelt and empowered by the Holy Spirit to be His witnesses. And God has brought us into His kingdom for such a time as this. Us. Don't look in the past. Don't look in the future. Us. Here. Now. Can I be as bold as to ask that thing keeps jumping around? Has anybody got 
witness in their heart that would like to give a testimony as to what God has done from the time that you started coming to this church and God started speaking to you and you started putting your hand in his hand and you have grown from where you were to where you are now. We haven't got time for another preach. I'm not talking about a preach. I'm talking about a testimony. Does anybody that belongs to this church got a testimony in that area? Don't rush me. I can brag on Kerry. Come on, yeah, yeah. I can brag on Kerry. I remember when Kerry came here, she is not the same person that she is today. If I had asked Kerry to do what I asked her to do this morning, she would have gone, and she would have sat down and said, I'm not going to do that. But because of the way that she's grown, now she's able to do things. You've got to put your hand in his head. You've got to start walking with him. You've got to start doing the stuff before change really happens. Can you give the microphone to yourself, please? I'm about six years and one month. I came in the storm because I was looking for another church. I'd come back from the mainland to live here in Kingston. And um, the music was going so beautifully. And all of a sudden, I just knew I was home. So I asked um, Pastor's wife, like Susie, sorry, um, and she said, oh no, you can stay here, you know. Anyway, things that happened to me, and looking for new churches and change and everything. But since I've been here, I can honestly say, I have grown in peace in the Lord. Because the encouragement from this dear man there, who has just always encouraged us to go on further and further, deeper walk with him. There's Neville, there is an angel. Everyone in leadership here encourages everyone. But truly, as I've grown and knowing, it's only God that does things. And he's the one what grows us as we yield, as we yield to him for everything. To a stage now, weeks ago, the Lord had, and I'll, I will say this, um, for the goodness of God, even this morning I said, God, I'm only saved by your grace. And, and, and what was the beautiful song? It's only by grace that we are saved. So I just want to say thank you to the Lord for the growth, and, and He is there by everything. But I, He called me, and I can't remember, about eight weeks ago, He said to me, Sophie, I want you to fast for the body of Christ. Not just church. church, we are the church, but the whole body of Christ, so how big that is, it's up to him. But he said that, because we, we all have blind spots, and he said, I want you to fast once a week, and for the, the, the our blind spots to be filled with him, with him serving. And I would not, and I tried to fast for the week when Adrian said so, and I couldn't, I want veggies, I thought, oh, I'll just, he ate veggies and fruit, it didn't work. I said, Lord, why didn't it work? He said, I didn't tell you to do that. I asked you to fast for the body of Christ to be filled, the empty spots with myself. And so I went back to the once a week mm -hmm. and it worked beautifully. Mm -hmm. Because he is good, you know, what he's called me to do, he might not, you know, he's not calling everybody else. We've got to do what he tells us to do. 
to the Lord in his voice for his glory. Thank you. Anybody else? People have changed this place, surely. Ladies first. Very nice. Um, I'd just like to say um, I've been through a, a big journey um, with losing a baby. And this church has been like a family to me. And, um, and I always grew up with a, a strong faith in, my, in God, my youth group, in his church. Um, but it was very tough to go through losing a baby. There were so many meals and kind things that people did that really helped. And now that I've got twins running around, um, I've got a Bible study that I go to on Tuesdays that um, some of our ladies like Louvain and Deidre and yourself, sorry, I've forgotten your name, have, have, you know, opened their heart to look after our kids as part of the Sotoria. And, you know, look after our kids while we study the Word. And it just means so much to me. And also having two little toddlers running around, I've had Kiri and people come up and grab my kids and cuddle them like their own. And so to me, this is like my church family. And that has also impacted my life and my faith in God. So. Excellent. Thank you. we had we were giving to God and that that would be um, 
Our offering to him was ourselves and our lives such as they were. And, um, and I never went to school beyond grade nine. Bernie never went beyond grade eight. We haven't got any great things behind us in our life, um, except for our wonderful children. <laughs> and um, uh, God just changed us along the way. His word came into our lives and made us alive to Christ and made us, began to make us become who God had designed us to be. And, um, and I can do nothing but give God glory for the way that he's used us as we offered ourselves to him as we were. And he's transformed our lives. He's made us useful people. He's made us worthwhile people. He's made us able to encourage others and use our gifts, whatever they were, for, the king, for his kingdom purpose. And we also love what has happened. Can I challenge everybody this morning to really go to God and say, God, what am I going to do with the gift that you've given me? I don't think it's a lot to ask from, from the one who gave everything. He gave everything of his life. He came sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Went through all kinds of things that we might have life and that abundance for us. God's been speaking to you this morning. Can I ask for a response? Something I don't do very often. But I believe that sometimes we need to respond to God. It's not in the knowing, it's in the doing. And it's taking a step of faith that you say, God, I want you to help me. Does anybody like that here this morning? Would you just please come forward? Can I have the musicians come and, and play a closing song? I'd like to close it this time. But if God's been speaking to you, do something about it. Don't just sit and say, oh yeah, I've heard all that stuff before. Then we will never give our gift back to God as a gift in service. We're just not going to do it. Can we all stand? <coughs> Father, I want to pray this morning, Lord, that, that we would recognize and understand that you have given us a divine gift. Lord, it's the gift from heaven. It's not just any old gift or even something inferior. It's something of the greatest worth that could ever be given. But Father, you haven't given it to us for us to enjoy all by ourselves, for ourselves. Lord, you have given this gift to us to minister it to other people, to encourage other people Lord, to show other people how good and how great you are by the gift that you've given to us and that we are willing to minister that gift to others, not just within these four walls, 
and also outside these four walls. Father, I pray that we will not be blasé about it, but really see the seriousness in the way that you see it. And you say, I require good stewards in my kingdom. Father, may we be those good stewards. Lord, Lord, not ones that just say, oh, well, whatever. We've given this very short life to live. And in that short life, you've given us opportunity to honour you, to glorify you, to speak of your greatness, to speak of your goodness, and to love other people with the same love that you poured into our hearts. Help us to do this successfully. Father, for we ask it in Jesus' name. <coughs> Amen.